The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Welcome to Sex and Other Human <laughs> Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Barks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. And I was reassured today by my therapist that I do not have a personality disorder. That's really great news <laughs> for us both. <laughs> I'm not a psychopath. I'm not a sociopath. I'm not a narcissist. She said that uh, she specializes in personality disorders and she would have sniffed me out by this first or second session. So did she? Did you just go out and ask this question? Pretty much. <laughs> Good for you. I was just ta- I was talking about you know narcissism and I was like I'm not I'm not a narcissist. Am I? That, no. She was like, no, not at all. Because as you pointed out, narcissists don't blame themselves for anything, and I blame myself for everything. That's the thing. You might be the opposite <laughs> of a narcissist. I think so. I care too much. Care too much. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> no, I think it's that same thing. It's like, you know, there's a problem when uh, everyone's always the asshole except for you. Yeah. And it's always everybody else's fault except for you. Mm-hmm. Then you, you might have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you just might have a fucking problem. Yeah. There. Maybe you ought to look into that. Yeah. If that's a problem that you have, then that's definitely something to look into. Just think about it. Yeah. <laughs> think about it for a little while. And what you've been thinking about lately or what you were thinking about earlier today as you said uh old friendships oh yeah baby i was going down the memory hole this morning i planted some wildflowers <laughs> and then i uh what murderfist is currently doing a kickstarter mm-hmm. for a pilot and we sent out an a um a video of us five years ago when we were filming out in wisconsin and so i watched it and i got all Reminisce, yeah. you know, thinking about us and how, you know, we've all been friends for such a long time and we all still work together and that's fucking awesome. And a lot of people can't say that. But there's one person in particular that I used to be best friends with. And I was looking through pictures of Facebook, of course. Mm-hmm. And the, we, we lived together for years. We were completely inseparable. And now we live in the same city and I never fucking see her. Isn't that nuts how that works out? It's crazy. Yeah. And when I do see her, which is every once in a while, we're just like, have the best time. And then we don't. And then she just goes away. (laughs) And it's so weird being in the adult world and not, I mean, I feel that we're in the fields that we're in, we're very fortunate that we all work with our best friends. Yeah. And we see our friends a lot more than the average adult does. I mean, I see them. Five, six times a week. Easily. Easily. Or more than that. Yeah. And we're very lucky in that. Sometimes it drives me crazy. Sometimes I wish I saw them less (laughs) because that's what happens when you see your friends all the time. But then there's some other people where they're like, make time for me. And I, I, I just, how do you stop life to hang out with someone? But you need to. Yeah. You got to make time for that. I'm, I have a, a very similar situation. A very good friend of mine, one of my best friends from college and, uh, you know, one of my best friends up here and, you know, one of my best friends in life. Uh, she I, she was the person that I stayed with uh, when I first moved to New York. She let me crash on her couch for two weeks while I was trying to find a place. And my first 
God, fuck, two or three years that I lived here in New York, we were together all the time. We'd hang out three, four nights a week. We were always together. I, uh, you know, I helped her get through mortuary school. I helped her study through all that. We'd hang out through all that shit. We go out to, we had a bar called Lotus Lounge that we go to all the fucking time. And then slowly as the years went on, she moved deeper into Astoria. So she lives in Queens. I live in Brooklyn, which, you know, might as well. It's definitely two different cities. Yes. And it's at least, you know, it takes an hour for either, either of us to get to where we live. Uh, and just as the years went on, I see her maybe once a year now. Maybe. The last time I saw her, I saw her for about 20 minutes, maybe 30 because I was on my way to another place. It was her birthday, and I just stopped by and said hello and then got the fuck out of there. Uh, and it's horrible when someone that you were that close to for such a long time, and it, exactly when we uh, got together, it was like we had seen each other the day before. We was like peas and carrots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. Just the accent just made me think of our scum for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but we were very, very close. Uh, and, you know, when we get together, we're still like, it's like nothing changed at all. But, uh, I mean, how how do you remedy that? And I think the problem with, that we have, me and you, is that so much of our life happens at night. So, and these, I know my friend has a day job. So by the time I get off work, you know, which is sometimes nine, ten o'clock at night, uh, she's already... In her pajamas. Right. You know? It's just scheduling things. Yeah. And I also understand that as you grow up, that you go through phases of friends as well. That there are times when, you know, you need each other and you're around each other all the time. And it's something that, you know, it helps you through that phase in life. And sometimes you grow apart. And I understand that for, I definitely have friends like that, that, you know, we're different people now. Mm-hmm. And when we get together, it's different than the way it used to be so I feel like there's part of your memory that you're like well that's not how it's supposed to be but then and then in these instances like your friend and my friend we're not that much different it's no. just that we just don't see each other yeah and horrible. I think that you actually have to work at it as if it were lo- a long-term distance relationship and now the more I'm thinking about it because I I feel like it's one of those things that's fleeting and then it and then I'm like, oh, I have to do that. And then I get busy and then I have to do that. And then I get busy and I forget about it. But then in those times when you have to do it, it's like you have to make a decision. Text them. Mm -hmm. Hey, you want to go like I have a free hour. You want to go do this? But it's that extra effort that we don't want to do. Not that we don't want to. It's just it's hard. And you just don't think about it. Exactly. That's the b- biggest problem. You just don't think about these, you know, friends that were such an important part of your life. It's not like a, a selfish thing or a self-obsessed thing. It's not something that we should feel bad about. It's just human nature. We just get so wrapped up in what our lives are into right now, what we're doing right now, uh, is that we forget some of the really good times that we had in the past. And isn't that so crazy that as your life gets busier, all you can think about it's what is right in front of your face. Yeah. Everything else goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Well, except for bad memories. Yes, yeah, no, no. That, <laughs> those come knocking on the windows. Those, like, bash open the windows. Remember me. Please don't. Remember <laughs> me. No. I'm back. No. I buried you in the back. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm coming to the front. <laughs> Boy, you were having a good time, weren't you? Seems Not like. No more. <laughs> 
<laughs> Seems like you need to remember 2008. <laughs> it's why? <laughs> Who gives a fuck about 2008? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Oh, Mr. Memory back here. <laughs> I hate Mr. Memory. <laughs> I feel the same way where it's like, I don't have any aunts or cousins or any extended family whatsoever that I have to contact at all. We don't talk to any of them. And sometimes I think about that, too, when I when I talk to Doug. And, you know, Doug is people that he has to keep up with. Yeah, me too. I can, and you, yeah, I can't even imagine having to keep up with people that are outside of my sphere. Most of the time, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, my other, my, you know, the rest of my family, they have uh, the bonus of all living in the same state. So they get to see each other with fair regularity. Uh, some of them, you know, even live in the same city. So they get to see each other pretty often. They catch up. They have lunch, you know, shit like that. But I live 3,000 miles away from everyone. Uh, and so they're just, people just aren't necessarily in my purview, you know? And it's so like, the- you're not really getting, like when you're on the train uh, fucking staring at some, some guy doing, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, you're not really thinking about your cousin at that right. point, you know? You're thinking about like, is he going to stay? Steal my book and read it aloud. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. But then there's also times of the day when you have an extra hour where it's like, why can't I call this person on the phone? Yeah, I try to do that with. I mean, it's my brothers and my uh, parents. Those right. those are the ones that I call. Right, I call and, my sister and my mother. Yeah, and that's it. But even sometimes then I'm like, oh, but then I gotta like talk about my day. You know, it's like <laughs> that's not hard to do. You can do it. Yeah, it's just making the effort, making a conscious effort that whenever you have downtime to reach out to someone that you haven't thought about in a while or trying to make uh, I'm trying to either like make a note of it like I wrote I made a physical note to contact her and I put it on my deodorant <laughs> because you use your deodorant every day well not necessarily but well, most I people do, do. <laughs> I use mine every day or something that you do use every day where it's like I need to make more physical notes yeah. I am that kind of a human being me too I can't put it in my phone because also then it just goes in my note whatever bullshit and I don't fucking check it no. because I'm bad at technology I don't check anything Yeah. so I'd say bring more physical notes and just try Try and remember to contact people. Yeah. I also, I think it's because I watched her last night. Uh, and I think it's also, <laughs> there's something about like going deeper and deeper into the age of not connecting physically with other people. Mm-hmm. That is good. It's a good thing to be able to connect with someone that's far away and, you know, but there are other ways to contact them. Write them a fucking letter if you have to. Yeah. Something, but just call them on the phone. Just do something, and you know, rather than living in a made-up world, you can actually talk to someone real if you have someone to talk to. You can do that. Let's hope that you have somebody to do yes. that. Don't Joaquin Phoenix. He can find someone to talk to. That guy can find someone to talk well, to. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people out there who can find someone to talk to. And well, I mean, he also had in the movie had people. He had someone to talk to. He's just bad at being a human being because the more we get wrapped up in her fucking technology it's just easier to not deal with real people anymore yeah that's a whole whole different ball game that i fucking the like rabbit hole i went into last night <laughs> let's call it a whole kitten caboodle oh man it was a kit and a caboodle <laughs> but it's all good i feel really positive about it and i think that we should all just try and remember yeah just trying to remember your friends just try to remember to Keep in touch with people out there. And uh, 
Just be sure to be positive. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I did get uh, just recently got in touch with uh, one of my best friends, girl, probably my best friend when I was a kid. That I've known her since I've known this woman since I was three years old, uh, and I just recently got back in contact with her, and I found out that she's got her MA in psychology now. She's working with, uh, she's working rehab drug users. Get her on the show. Well, I mean, she, well, might might be able to. I mean, she does live in Abilene, Texas, but <laughs> <laughs> just maybe. And uh, if, if you're listening, hello. I know she's been listening to some of the podcasts. Yellow, recently. come on the show. Yellow, come on the show. Actually, I have been thinking about getting her on the show because she's a wonderful person. She's really, she's one of the people out there that's doing good. Fuck in yeah, the world. man. Works in uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, and she's doing. She's doing the Lord's work. Lord's work, baby. As they say. But no, she's a very good person. It's fucking just uh, so amazing to hear that somebody that you hadn't talked to in a long time. Because there's nothing worse than somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time, like someone that really meant a lot to you growing up. And you don't see him for years. And it's like, what are you doing now? And like, well, I work at All Sips three nights a week. It's like, well. Not I'm, that it's bad. I mean, it's I mean, just not, not like, but we bad. had those dreams. But people with potential, you yes. know? Like, because, you know, this girl was you know the fucking you know one of the the smartest person i knew growing up and just had just like so much fucking potential and just was just a great person and it's so great because in in texas in small town texas and pretty much and a lot of other places that you know people that are really smart uh but for some reason just never can't get out they just can't get out and they don't just don't reach their potential they oh don't i know reach. i've seen friday night lights yeah. <laughs> I understand small yes. town Texas. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You understand it now, huh? You fucking get it now? Jesus Christ. It's pretty, it's fairly accurate. You did but, this to me. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. You're welcome. Uh, but you just, sometimes people just don't uh, make it out and uh, they don't really, they don't do what you know that they can do. Uh, but she fucking did. And she's doing fucking great. That's fucking and, awesome. And that's, and that's like the fucking, it's the best thing. Absolute best thing. All right, well, let's get to our letters today. Let's do it. We got some positive ones. Man, this is great. Yeah, which we fucking needed. Yeah, we did, yeah, man. We needed some positivity, and you guys fucking gave it to us. Uh, if you've got anything that you want to ask us or anything you want to say, write to us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we'll get to you as soon as we can. Got a bit of a backlog on, re- on uh, you know, fucking letters, but, man, we're getting to them. We're, we're, we're choo-choo. We're choo-choo. We're going to get get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first letter. What we gonna call this gal? Ooh, scootin' boogie. <laughs> scootin' boogie. Here we go. Says, hey, Marcus and Jackie, I've been listening to Sex and Other Human Activities since 2011. The podcast has gotten me through countless bus rides and walks around the track. I must say that at first I was a bit uncomfortable with the shift towards mental health that the podcast was taking, but now I appreciate it all and have listened to past episodes with a less ignorant ear. I'm a black female, and mental health is not something that's talked about much in the black community, so Sex and Other Human Activities has been my starting point to understanding what is going on in my brain. I recently gathered the courage to start therapy and I'm taking medication. I'm doing well. I'd like to say more, but it's very difficult to put a super giant hug into words. Thank you for your time and your energy and your willingness to share your lives. Your more understanding listener, Scootin' Boogie. Man, thanks so much. That email meant a hell of a whole lot. It really did. I think that, especially, I mean, last week, Marcus and I were going through a bit of a time. (laughs) And we got that email and, you know, 
it's really great to hear. Yeah. It, it's just awesome to hear that you guys are listening. And then also, you know, that it 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 should be a positive open. I'm so glad that you continued to listen. Yeah. That to give it a shot and to and just to think about these things. Because we're not pointing fingers, we're not saying you are this cuz you know, we're not professionals. No. That's not what we're doing here. Not at all. We're, we're just, just talking. We're just here to give you our experiences in the hopes that maybe our experiences will help you figure out something about yourself. Hell yeah! That that's that's what we're here for, and you know, and I'm I'm really glad that you were able to get over the social stigma uh, that that you have because I know that uh, in the fucking black community, uh, mental health is something that is not tolerated a lot. Like, it's not something that people talk about, uh, and it's just not something that's treated a hell of a whole lot. And I know plenty of people that have been caught in that trap it's like oh there's nothing wrong with me no there's nothing wrong with her just just let her you know yeah just she's just going through a thing just just let her go uh it's the same with talking to your parents where your parents just like you're fine yeah you're fine everything's fine yeah you're you're fine everything's good and that's i think that a lot of people run into that uh that stigma in the black community so uh that's fucking great that you were able to uh to move past that and to not let peer pressure get the best of you which i think a lot of people do and it's in a lot of different communities the i know that we talk about a lot the british have a big stigma against mental health uh or getting help things like that there's a lot of cultures and a lot of uh countries out there and a lot of places where it's just not Acceptable in the South, it's real fucking oh, bad. Yeah, no, it's no, no, it's no. fucking it's horrible in the South to admit that you have some sort of mental problem. And because then they just, I help. mean, I remember just uh, discussing in Florida of just my anger issues. Someone says, "Oh, what you're retarded." No, oh, God, like, what do you? A retarded is not something that you should. It's not a word you should throw around. And it's also not something that you ask. Yes, and it's just, but that's. I mean, unfortunately, that that is what some cultures believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is just, but also, and it's, it's your not, own personal fucking information. Yeah, you know. And it's not, of course, it's not the entire culture. There's no blanket statement no, that no, you no. can give over an entire race or an entire country. That's just, you know, you can't do that. But you can say that. In, you know, it's known that in some cultures and in some countries, it's just not accepted. And in some regions of, uh, of the world, uh, it's just not something that people talk about. And it's not something that people want to get help for. And if you're in one of those places uh, that doesn't smile kindly on uh, getting help for a mental illness, uh, or if you're in a, a culture where that's not, uh, where that's frowned upon, fucking get help and keep it private. If you're worried about being ostracized uh, and if you're worried about people talking shit, just keep it to yourself. Keep it private. Don't let other people prevent you from doing what you need to do. I understand that you know a lot of people don't have the option to just be out and about and out and loud and proud with uh, all of their mental illness issues. Um, you don't need to be. I mean, the reason why we are so open and out and about with ours is because it helps people. And if it's if saying it out loud and talking about it will help someone, then fucking do it. Absolutely go for it. But 
there's no reason why you can't get help and keep it to yourself. If you're ashamed or if you're worried about what people think of you, uh, first of all, you shouldn't be. Uh, second of all, you shouldn't have to fucking feel that way. But we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a fucked up world. So if you're in that situation, then you can still get help. You can still keep it to yourself. Also, I was, I was doing some research online about there's a lot of online help now as well Yeah, that you can do face-to-face if you're able to do Skype, that you're able to do things where you can set up phone interviews for someone to anonymously, anonymously talk to to just talk shit out. Yeah. Which is something that there's there are places that are free for you to be able to do it. Just look it up on Google. Just look up online therapy. And there are places that you can go that if you're not able to go to your school or talk to a teacher or or even afford a therapist, that there are ways to talk to somebody that even if it's anonymous, just gets it off your fucking chest. Yeah. Get it off your chest and you're able to, and especially those people out there that, you know, live in the places that don't have any access whatsoever to any of this stuff. Cause I know there's a lot of those places out there. Yeah. Go online, uh, Google, uh, online therapy. And, uh, while it may not be the absolute best situation in the world, it'll help every fucking little bit helps. Don't give up. Do not fucking give up. Absolutely never, ever, ever, ever fucking give up because I will never forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our next letter is uh, from Brazil. Oh. And what are we going to call this lady? Ooh, Enchanted Katina. <laughs> enchanted Katina. <laughs> Dear Marcus and Jackie, I'm from Brazil and I love your podcast. I've been depressed for over three years. During this period, I've been also stress eating. I gained 40 pounds. Two years ago, I tried to tell my mom what I was feeling, but she told me that depressed people are skinny. Last year, I started listening to... Oh, my God. That's the dumbest thing I've ever fucking <laughs> heard in my damn. life. That is... I have never heard anything... That's the dumbest statement. It's not dumb. It's just ignorant. Okay. Okay. Yes. Very ignorant. It's like, boy, yeah, only happy people are fat. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. I must be really fucking happy. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, I started listening to the Cave Comedy Radio podcast and discovered sex and other human activities. You made me look for help, and now I'm on therapy and starting my meds. I can't say thank you enough. As we say here... Viejos, which viejos. means which means kisses. I love viejos. Oh, I love viejos. viejos. <laughs> oh man, it's, that's so great. Now it's the, the saying that depressed people are skinny. That's I mean I don't know if it's dumb as much as it's just weird. Yeah, I mean, but that is also if you think about it, someone that knows nothing about mental illness that sees mental illness illustrated in sitcoms and things I feel like if you know it only in a television terms if you've never met someone that is dealing with a mental illness or someone that acknowledges the fact that they have a mental illness sure I'm sure you could possibly think that because you're so depressed you can't get out of bed I mean it's just bullshit yeah it's all completely wrong unfortunately distress eating is a huge huge problem for a lot of people because in your head you're like oh now it helps Mm -hmm. same with cigarette smoking you're Mm -hmm. like oh I'm stressed out now I'm gonna smoke a cigarette but in reality all it does is raise your heart rate and raise your blood pressure and in fact make your body feel more panicked than you were to begin with Mm -hmm. same with eating because then afterwards you are guilty and you're filled with guilt and you hate yourself yeah and 
I'm very sorry that you had to go through that, and I'm so sorry that you fucking pushed through that shit, man. Hell yeah, good yeah. for you. Fucking amen. That's the best thing we can hear. It is. It's especially when it's coming. God, I understand. Believe me, when it's coming from your parents, and because also if you think about it, that's her way of saying like, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with you. It's just a different way of saying it. No, 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 you're, you're, you're beautiful. You're fine. You, you're, you don't have a problem. Everything's fine. Because so, a lot of times parents view it as then it's their fault if you have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of parents do feel that. And it's natural. You know, we, we talked about that a, a couple of weeks ago uh, with uh, the kid that, was, that said that he just found out that, uh, that, his, that he was bipolar and that his aunt was bipolar and his mom didn't tell him. It's like we said then, you know, I'm sure she, you know, feels guilt about that through something that is not anywhere near her fault. There's nothing that she can do about it. Uh, and parents feel sometimes that if their children have uh, mental issues, especially if they're younger, they feel like it's their fault. It's like they, what did I do wrong? You know, what didn't I do or what did I do to make them feel this way? And sometimes, yeah, parents do things to their kids uh, or don't do things with their kids that do create some issues. But a lot of times it's just genetic. You just, you just, the, you did the genetic lottery fucked you over a little bit. Yeah. It's just something that you got to accept that you, we got people like us we just got dealt a bad hand when it came to genetics but you got to make the best of it you know it's uh like i've said before you know people with uh mental health issues like those sorts of genetic things that are you know within us that yeah we got to deal with them but we also feel things differently than other people feel them we have different perspectives on life that other people don't have. You also have sensitivities to some things that other people don't have as well. Yeah. And there's a lot that you can do with it. You can use it to your advantage. Uh, I mean, I fucking used all my bullshit to do this. You know, you got to find some way uh, to get some sort of positivity out of it. Once you've got it under control and once you've got the fucking beast at bay, uh, which I kind of imagine myself a lot of times just having a fucking like kind of a like a medieval knight with a suit of armor on and i've got my sword and there's a dragon and i'm like yeah i get you jack oh yeah and sometimes the dragon is closer and he's like snapping at you but some days (laughs) dragon's scared of you and dragon's all the way on the other side yeah pit yeah fuck yeah the dragon's over there and i'm ha ha yes dragon i am uh, uh, sir marcus That's what I like to call my Sir Marcus okay, day. I was saying, or is that like a prince? Is not like a prince thing, like no. a fighting for a princess kind of thing? No, I am no, Sir. No, it's only you're all alone. I am Sir Marcus. Okay, I'm Sir Marcus. Just, I'm not fighting. I'm fighting for no one but me. Yeah, yeah. I'm fighting that fucking dragon because that dragon's fucking with me. He's got a nut against me. I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't do nothing to that fucking dragon, but for some reason that dragon's come over and he's fucking with me, and I can't kill him because I don't know how yet, and I probably never can. No, you're never gonna be able to kill him, and no. you're never gonna be able to get out of the pit either. No, the pit's always going to be there. You're, not, you're never out of the pit, but you know, sometimes you can find some fun things to do in there. Uh, yeah, maybe some days you, you find a yo-yo on the floor, <laughs> and you're like, hey, dragon's all the way over there. I'm going to learn a fucking yo-yo today. <laughs> fucking dragon, fucking dragon, I'm going to fucking yo-yo with shit out of this. Oh, cat's cradle. Yeah, cat's cradle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can learn cat's cradle, uh, but other times you have to use a shield to keep the dragon from burning you to death. Yes. Uh, but you can always 
you can always keep it at bay. And just remember that you're always going to have to keep it at bay. Uh, but some days are better than others, and you can always keep it from fucking cooking you to death in your suit of armor. And unfortunately, with the weight gain as well, on top of that, is that at least... I try to tell myself this, is that at least it's not drugs mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, that the next day you can choose again. Mm-hmm. That yes, I gained this weight. Yes, I fucking am really mad at myself and I don't even want to look at myself in the mirror. But you can choose differently. You have the choice over it. And remembering to keep that power and also it helps, at least it helped me with my depression that those days when I choose not to it makes me feel stronger Yeah. rather than giving into my addiction and the weight you can lose. It might take you a long fucking time, but you can do it. Yeah. But it takes a fucking long time. <laughs> so you can, you can't choose whether you're depressed or not, but you can choose how you deal with it. And you can choose to not eat. Yes. You can choose to not eat, uh, you know, drugs. That's uh, a little more complicated. Uh, you can be stronger than them. Yes, you can be stronger than them. It's a little more complicated. Uh, it's a little rougher, uh, but the consequences are worse, uh, and they're much. You know, it, it's there's a lot worse that can happen in the very short term. But you can choose to get help, and you can choose to not deal with it that way. You can choose which how you deal with it. But you can't choose whether you have it or not, but you can always choose how you deal with it. I'm your Venus. I'm your fire. And your desire. Yeah. Just put that song on. (laughs) All right. uh, Our last letter today. uh, This is uh, something. uh, This is a response to to an episode that we had a little while back uh, about when, uh, Jackie, you were talking about going home. Uh, and having to deal with your mom guilting you into eating. Uh, And this is uh, a letter from the other perspective. Uh, What do we want to call this gal? Scratchy skink. (laughs) Skink? Yes. Yeah, okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Good, like good. like the squirrel like lizard esque animal. You ever seen skink before? I never seen. It. Is that a Florida animal? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird, man. <laughs> that sounds like a Florida animal. It's every time you see it, you're just like, why is that a thing? <laughs> Not that this person is that at all. I just think the word skink is kind of funny. It's a lizard. But it's weird. <laughs> they move really weird. Yeah. All right, skink. Let's go for it. Did you say scratchy skink? Scratchy skink. Scratchy skink. All right. Hey, Jackie and Marcus. The episode about uh, Jackie's struggles really struck a chord with me about food and your mom because I deal with the exact same problems with my mom but manifest in the opposite way in that she's hyper-obsessive about criticizing everything that we eat and how we look. Listening to you talk was like hearing someone tell my story. We get in fights about it almost every time I'm at home, which is now a lot more since we live in the same city, and I would have so much anxiety before going home, also starting about exactly a week before, because I just knew she was going to say something negative about how I look and make me feel bad. I hate going to dinner or out to restaurants with her because I can never just order what I want to eat, and there's always a conversation like, 
oh, do you really need that second slice of pizza? And everything has to revolve around when we're going to, to work out. And if I don't want to work out, I'm basically shamed into doing it just so she'll stop nagging me. She's also very petite, five feet tall and 95 pounds, and obsessed with her own health as well. She works out at least two to three hours a day and eats very little. This has been going on since I was in high school and affects both my sister and I equally. And my sister is the epitome of beauty, fitness, and good health. My sister and I both have talked to my mom on multiple occasions telling her that her comments are not appropriate and they need to stop, but it's like a compulsion for her and she cannot stop herself. When she makes the comments, it gets me so upset because she knows that it hurts me and she keeps doing it anyway. And then when I get upset, she'll say things like, Well, obviously you're not happy about the way you look because otherwise you wouldn't be getting upset or I'm trying to help you. Don't you want to look better? It drives my sister and I fucking nuts and it's been going on so long that I don't think it'll ever change. Honestly, I don't know how I got to my late 20s without developing an eating disorder. She's completely obsessed with image and how things look to other people. I just wanted to share my story with you and let you know that you're not alone. I think there are a lot of women out there who have struggles with their moms that are connected to body image and food, and she can definitely say or do just one tiny thing that completely sets me off. How I've decided to deal with it is by knowing that I probably will not ever change her behavior, which really hurts, but I can change how I choose to react and respond to it. Please keep all the awesome stuff... Please keep up all the awesome stuff you're doing. You're an amazing woman, Jackie, and I love hearing about what's going on in your life and how you're growing. I definitely love your and Marcus's level up philosophy and feel like I've been doing a lot of that lately. And also, on another note, did you and Marcus ever get a follow-up email from that girl who was dealing with the creepy stalker dude who worked with her mom? I can't stop thinking about that one, and I have to know what happened. All of my love... Scratchy stink. Yeah, we still haven't heard back from stalker, the the stalker girl. Please let us know. But scratchy stink, skink. Thank you so much for writing in. This is a great fucking letter. And I think something that a lot of people need to hear. All in all, I just think that the way you deal with it is so respectable. 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 Bullshit! No, not bullshit. <laughs> no, I just think that, like, it's so awesome to hear that from someone that's like, has dealt with this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that you're right, that you haven't developed a, an eating disorder because you are trying to accept that she is this way and understand and not take it personally, which is something that's so hard to do, especially when coming from family members, is to separate yourself from it and take yourself almost you like you have to take yourself outside of you and say what they're saying isn't right yeah you know that it's not right you don't need to do these things and it's almost like a check-in with you and i think that reading this letter it actually really helped me a lot also in just thinking about that yeah that i don't have to you don't have to let them take your power away which is interesting because I feel like that's a philosophy my mother's always put into me when it comes to you know she tries to work on that with my anger and things like that when you get when you give in to someone that's trying to get an emotion from you or trying to get you to do something you are giving your power to them and making them more powerful and you less powerful but in reality I need to use the same thing to her Mm -hmm. as well and say that when I do those things that I can keep my power. And uh, you said uh, 
almost it's like a compulsion it's not like a compulsion it is a compulsion yes. <laughs> it's like this is an it's absolute compulsive behavior for some reason in the past she got it into her head that this is how you're supposed to encourage people like she thinks that she's helping just like Jackie your mother thinks that she's helping she thinks they think that they're doing something positive she's not doing it because she's trying to hurt you she's doing it because she's got it stuck in her fucked up brain that this is what a mother should do and like she if her ideas of uh, if she's obsessed with how other people look or how other people perceive you and obsessed with health and fitness and and how you're supposed to look then in her mind she's doing the best thing possible because she thinks that's the hype of life she thinks that's what what everyone should aspire to and that's what makes her happy and since it makes her happy she assumes that since you're her daughter or maybe just because she might just be self-obsessed and kind of narcissistic that what she does, what she, how she lives, is the best way. And what makes her happy should make everybody happy. And she doesn't understand how anybody could ever have any kind of weight issues, how anybody could ever have a second slice of pizza. That's horrible. That's ridiculous. Why would anyone ever do that? That's what she's got stuck in your head. So that's where all that is coming from. It's not right. It's fucked up. But that's... You know, that, that's her reasoning behind it. If she even reasons, if she even rationalizes it to herself or even thinks about it, even after you've said, you know, mom, this sucks. I don't like this. You're making us feel bad. I'm sure she probably rationalizes like, uh, well, I'm her mother. I know best. You know, I'm going to keep doing it. I think I'm going to keep doing it because I want her to have a great life. Uh, I want her to have a life just as good as my life is. Uh, and saying this shit is what she's trying to get you to do but it's not right and you're doing the right thing and staying strong keeping it out of your fucking head yeah it sucks that you have to be stressed every time you go and see your parents uh but you're dealing with it there i mean there's nothing else that you're dealing with it in the best possible way you told your mother how you felt she didn't listen so you didn't let her bother you and you can't change other people uh, and you tried your best, but you're fucking doing it, man. But also I think a step that you've already surpassed that is a hard thing for people to broach is to under to recognize when someone else's faults are hurting you and recognizing that it's not your fault. Mm-mm. And I feel like that's a hump that Scratchy Skink has gotten over. It's a hump that I am trying to grapple my way over of recognizing the manipulation and recognizing that what they're saying is not okay Mm -hmm. and that you can't most people in your life you can't change what they're going to do you can't change how they think but you can change the way you react to it and good for fucking you I'm really fucking trying I'm going to work on it I'm nervous about God knows when I'm going to go home next. I'm already (laughs) even possibly nervous about it because it's something that I need to start working on. Yeah. You got to start working on it before you get there. And even a week, you know, you can't start working on it a week before you get there. No, but honestly, it's something that I'm currently dealing with as well. I'm just in normal weight loss that I'm trying to do. It's great. Accepting that I don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't need to eat that. No. You know, I mean, of course you need to eat every day, but I don't, you know, trying to recognize, 
I started writing down everything I eat. That's good. That sucks. <laughs> it sucks, but it's good. <laughs> it's good. I hate it. Because then you realize how much you eat. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate it. And it's really good because it makes me hate myself. <laughs> oh, but it's yeah. good. In a good way. In a good way. I'm, okay. moving, I'm moving towards good. Okay. Move towards good. We're moving towards good. We can all do this. It's summertime. It starts to, you know, we gotta. We have to be good to ourselves. Yeah. The only person that's going to be fucking good to yourself is you. Yeah, man. And it's time to start taking care of ourselves, man. It's the only person you can guarantee to be good to yourself. Yes. You can't, you can't control what other people do. Uh, but if you work real fucking hard, then you can take comfort in the fact that there's always going to be one person out there that's going to be good to you, and that's you. I think it's a great place to end today. I love it. Yeah, fucking love it. Positivity. Yeah, baby. We're nice. fucking doing it. Yeah, man. We're fucking doing this. Uh, and uh, I just want to say to um, to the great white north real quick before we uh, before we get out of here. Uh, she was a girl that wrote in and thought that uh, a guy that she was uh, that she really liked. She found out that he might have a boyfriend. Turns out that uh, he actually didn't have a girlfriend. You said boyfriend. I said boyfriend. I realized that, but thought maybe I'd just go right through it. But <laughs> girlfriend. Uh, it turns out he d- uh, did not have a girlfriend, so they started dating. Uh, but they broke up very quickly, and the Great White North called in, or uh, wrote in to apologize for having taken our advice and broken up with him two months later. You don't gotta apologize for yeah, that. Yeah, girl, you fucking do you. You are so fucking Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the most Canadian thing that I have ever fucking heard. Which is in awesome. My we life. should take a page out of their book, Marcus. <laughs> we should be nicer human beings. Yeah, it's like first she's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't respond right away. Uh, I'm oh man. She's like, and then we got together and then we broke up two months later. I'm sorry. No, like, man. No, no, no. That's no, how no. you know if somebody's good for you. That's all that matters. Yeah. You date them and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, and I also want to give a shout out to a fan that came out to the last podcast live show on Saturday all the way from Canada. No. Jessica. In fact, she was sad that you weren't here. Man. Because she's a, she's a real big fan of the show. She's super fucking cool and she actually, she said that after our episode Lewis and Clark in it, the next day she quit her job and went out and got a new one and now she's happier than ever. Yeah. She fucking she did what she wanted to do. She fucking followed her dream. She got out of her rut and she fucking did it. So take take heart, ladies and gentlemen. Take Jessica's example. It was fucking awesome meeting you on Saturday. And uh yeah, maybe if you ever get back to New York City, you're always welcome here at the Creek in the Cave. Fuck yeah. All right, if you got any questions for us, cavecomedyradio@gmail.com is the email. And we'll see you next week. I'm your Venus. I'm your fire with your desire. Yeah!